Welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is Abby Martin. This is Robbie Martin. Uh, really, really sorry we dropped the ball, and it's my fault. Robbie's been wanting to do a podcast for months, and I've been totally um, fucking up here, just totally focused on the new show. And so even though it's amazing and it's super um, inspiring and also really cool to be working with like my partner and, and doing this project, it's just, it's very laborious. So I really apologize for like kind of dropping the ball on, on Roots and the radio show in general. But people have been asking where's the new episodes and stuff. So sorry, Robbie. <laughs> well, well, we'll continue to do yeah. them. Um, I mean, I'll continue to do, you know, solo podcasts when you're too busy mm-hmm. to do them. I want to thank everybody for supporting a very heavy agenda. I got a lot of positive responses so far for part one. I was very happy that it resonated with a lot of people. Um, I've had a lot of people asking me questions about it. A lot more people are aware that PNAC is not dead. I'm I'm excited to put out parts two and three, and those will be coming out towards the end of November. So stay tuned for that at the blog of very heavy agenda dot or if you follow Abby or me or Media Roots on Twitter, you'll see updates soon about that. Yeah, everyone's been been talking about the movie. It's amazing. Everyone should check it out. Yeah, it's just a really damning expose on on the neoconservative ideologues who are still pushing foreign policy agenda in D.C. Um, They never went away after Bush. They're still there, and they're still really love war. Um, Bill Kristol, you know, never met a war he didn't like. So he's he's sick of the American public getting war-weary. It's time we... Oh, by the way, do you love how we're... There's now, like, boots on the ground in Syria? (laughs) Like, how insane is that? It is insane, yeah. And it's like a... It's like a very small troop yeah. contingent, but like we finally, we finally did it. Well, well, Mike was telling me that even though it's like a small contingent, there's like each person, since they're all like special ops or something, they have each person's designated to manage a team of rebels or whatever. So even though it's like a smaller team, it could be, they could be managing like 500 people on the ground or whatever, like this whole troop brigade of rebel fighters. So it's actually really crazy um that's how vietnam started was like a small little special ops team or whatever you know and then it turned into what it is yeah i mean it's definitely the biggest clusterfuck of a military anything we've been involved in uh far i mean as far back as i can remember throughout my entire lifetime i don't i've never seen anything like this before let's talk about it Um, let's talk about it because we did we did episodes well first i wanted to talk about um the newspaper had oh fuck what was that what was that newspaper article who wrote that oh i wish i had that up well anyway oh, so they replaced they 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 changed the the headline you're talking about that no 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 or some, something else no no the pontiac tribune no no that's not it um anyway some website called media roots out uh, like they like threw media roots into a bunch of other websites that they were calling in who also is totally unfair characterization of the other websites to be honest, yeah. I mean, the anti-media Min Press News, Menar's my friend. She's not pro-Assad. She's not being funded by the Assad regime or like some like like shady Iranian. She's running a grassroots website just like Media Roots is. I've never hidden the the funds all come from, through grassroots donors. There's no Assad line of payment coming to Media Roots. So anyway, this this website just tried to smear Media Roots as well as another 
a couple other websites just because we aren't actively calling out Assad all the time. Um, and really anti-imperialist and staunchly like anti-US military intervention and stuff. So of course our website was lumped in to all these other ones and saying that we're, we print pro-Assad headlines and how dangerous this information war is about Syria and read between the lines and don't trust these alternative news sites that try to brainwash you and like supporting Assad. Someone else um, pointed out that Michael Weiss was, uh, was hanging out with Moaz Mustafa like constantly too. Um, you know who he is, right? Yeah. He, so, he, I mean, the the interesting thing is, it's it's really only it's like, I guess I just wanted to mention it's yeah. really only a handful of people who are like doing this fuckery. Yeah. And somehow they're being propped. All of them are being propped up. Michael Weiss, Elliot Higgins. Yep. Um, it, you know, the Daily Beast is constantly, constantly, constantly running extremely Cold War era generic anti-Russian propaganda constantly. Like there's not even any doubt at all anymore about what the Daily Beast is. It it went balls to the wall like in the last oh, six months. 100%. It just amped it up. Which is like, why I mean, did they you... let Jamie Kirchick go? They were the, he was their best little anti-Russian troll. I wonder why he stopped yeah. writing. Was he just like so boring that they couldn't even keep him on the payroll? Yeah. He He's continuing to, I don't think he's a, a left, but what happened was the entire operation is now devoted to um, funneled in propaganda. And right. when I say funneled in, I mean, literally they actually have NATO spokespeople wow. writing articles now. Wow. So I, I guess my, my thoughts when I see shit like this are, why is it that we're under this impression in the United States that we live in a free society with a free press? when we see things like this, like there is no doubt in my mind that there is an official government propaganda campaign being funneled in through media outlets like there's zero doubt yeah that's the difference um, between americans and everyone else is that everyone else gets what propaganda is and americans are so stupid that they just like they just lap it up and they don't understand what they're being fed is actual propaganda like literally inserted by nato spokespeople on the daily beast i mean that, yeah, it's, and then it's who, actually really sad that that we can't discern between reality and fiction no, and if you want to even uh, take, you know, we were, you just mentioned Jamie Kerchick and even Robert Kagan. They're civilians now, but all they do is prop up the U.S. military machine. And they both literally used to work for the U.S. propaganda right. arm. Jamie Kerchick worked for Radio Free uh, Liberty and Robert Kagan used to work in the U.S. Information Agency before it was called... Um, you know, the U.S. Information Agency used to be the other name for the Broadcasting Board of Governors, basically. Mm -hmm. So we have two people in the civilian sector doing the exact same work that they were doing for the government. Now they're actually more successful at it. So what do you call those people? Right. Do you call them government agents spreading propaganda or do you call them journalists and editorialists? It's like that's the weird um uh You have this weird dichotomy in this country where it's impossible to tell. There virtually is no difference between what they're actually accomplishing. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, never but I mean, more it, apparent when the, this whole Syria thing, Robbie, was insane. I'm sure everyone else saw it too. Um, it it really did feel like the run-up to the Iraq war, just because of how bizarre everything like switched. It was like, okay, here you have Obama saying that he wants to bomb Syria for the last three years. Then it switched to, okay, you want to bomb ISIS, but it's not about Assad. And then it was like very obvious that it was still about Assad. I mean... And then, and then as soon as Russia, as soon as Russia gets involved, and of course, this is the same exact situation where 
like Russia, it's like they know that Russia's gonna respond heavy handedly. Like this is what always happens. Like the same thing that happened in Ukraine. You know, like all the US build yeah. up and and like poking a thorn into the like bee's nest. And of course Russia's gonna respond. Syria to Russia is like what Israel is to the US. Like they're not just gonna sit back. Like I'm surprised they waited as long as they did um, to get involved. Like, you know, the country's near failed state. Um, I'm not apologizing whatsoever for the bombing. I think bombing Syria is insane. I think anyone who bombs terrorists to eliminate terrorists is is batshit crazy. It's just obviously going to create more terrorism. But at the same time, you cannot look at Russia's intervention as, as the same as the U.S. intervention. The U.S. has a clear stated regime change goal. It's like, it's yeah. very blatant. Um, mm -hmm. And then you have all these like left, like, left like u.s state apologists who claim that they're like anti-imperialist and all they do is jump at the chance to like shame people like me or you who don't immediately go out there and just start talking constant shit about russia or syria and it's like i'm sorry well, no, we're in a really dangerous information war do you remember the iraq war like why would yeah. during the iraq war we would why would anti-imperialists during the iraq war come out and be like Yo, like Saddam is so horrible. Like, here's all the shit that he's done that's super bad. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's also like bad for this happen. It's like, why is that my responsibility to come out and and lay out all of the war crimes of Assad before I can say that I don't want my country with my tax dollars to overthrow another government? Why is that? No, it, it, here's why. Because it's a very convenient narrative in order to take away from the fact that the United States government is the most destructive and murderous force on the entire planet. Right. That's why it's, that's what it's for. It's basically the, it's just a distractionary talking point to make it seem to create this false equivalency that yes, the American empire is bad and is big, but so is the Russian empire. Mm -hmm. So is Assad. He, he's an imperialist, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I would argue that anybody actually going out there saying that is overtly lying or really, really dumb and being inspired well, here's by what these, it is, Robbie. It's these, these talking points. It's intellectuals. This is what it is. It's if they would be singing a much different tune if they were on the ground in Syria, if they actually saw what was going on. But it's very easy to sit on your high horse in like a, you know, in your Brooklyn apartment with your exposed brick and your Banksy's on the wall to talk about how Assad, we need to call out Assad and preempt every single thing you say with like Assad this, Assad that, Russia this, Russia that. Um, it, it's a very weird like pseudo-intellectualism that's all just basically about self-preservation where these people just want to be on the record saying like, no, like I, I like I'm against all like imperialism, yeah. like I'm this. And it's like, dude, this isn't about you. This is about us uniting to stop our government. You understand that? It's not about that anymore, though. They don't. I, I honestly think that these people, at one time, maybe that's what it felt like they were doing. But I, I guarantee you that is not their goal anymore. They feel like this country can somehow be reformed in this like subtle, slow motion way out of the state that we're in now. Maybe because they got so much hope after the NSA shit got all revealed that all these reforms are going to take place. I don't know. But the way I see it... We literally need to, I mean, I'm not saying we need to overthrow our government. I mean, that would be fantastic if somehow that could happen, but I don't think it's going to. But I mean, we cannot let this government continue what it's doing. Um, 
just just looking at something like the anthrax attacks alone and the fact that that's still an open gaping festering wound that has not been resolved that the u.s government probably did try to kill people or at least try to terrify people into going into iraq by sending out weaponized anthrax that's fucking horrific we live in a country that probably did that and nobody's been uh, penalized for it or you know been leveled with criminal charges for it and i think that that alone um is reason enough to not back down at all in this fight against what this country has become it's after just crazy 9/11. it's just crazy that you're constantly battling like quote unquote the left and like the journalistic community who's who's like you know what i mean like battling them it's like did you not just live through the last 10 years because i yeah. did and it was really fucked up and a lot of people died. And why in the hell would you ever, ever support overthrowing another government? Like, it makes no sense. And also, what makes no sense with this crazy logic is who would replace Assad? I haven't heard yet from any of the political establishment or these journalists, mind you, who? Do they think that there's still like a legitimate revolution going on in Syria? Because that's dead wrong and it hasn't existed for years. So I don't know what they're thinking. I have no idea how anyone like could support a a no fly zone, b like arming these rebels. It's like um, I, I I just don't know. I, I don't understand the logic at all. And and no one else can explain it either. It's hilarious seeing like Obama try to like have you know he's like saying his mental gymnastics trying to rationalize why we should why we should bomb Syria more and and how it's all about Assad must go. It's like yeah Assad must go for. For what to defeat ISIS? Like, how does that make sense at all? Assad's fighting ISIS with you guys, right? Like, aren't you guys there to fight ISIS? Like, why is this about Assad? It's so weird. It makes no it, sense. It is weird, and 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 I don't know if you noticed this slip through the media recently, but it was reported in Reuters and AP. So it's not like this is like a fringy, you know, or like adversarial reporter trying to like knock down a government story. This was like generic mainstream media headlines that. The Syrian rebels um, oh, like are now United using. Front. Well, no, they're now using and and have are possessed chemical weapons. Oh right, right. Like it's been discovered that they've had them for a long time. But it was a little bit of mustard so, gas, Robbie. It doesn't count. Like oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So, but it's but what's funny to me and you and when you were watching a very heavy agenda, you you had this observation of how crazy and weird it was when you actually go back and look at the timeline of media coverage leading up to that red line. Obama confrontation with Syria is that somehow U.S. intelligence and U.S. media all knew weeks in advance that, quote, Assad was preparing a chemical weapons attack. Mm -hmm. How strange is that? Now, what does that really mean? I mean, the only thing that means to me is that we saturated the ground in Syria or just saturated the country with intelligence analysts like constantly listening to chatter and like figuring out this happening like in real time. So somehow we knew that it was taking place. We knew that it was about to take place, um, you know, weeks in advance. And then when it took place, of course, we were right there ready to report on it and like exploit the fact. But then it brings to my mind the question of, well, if that was happening, like if the U.S. really cares about chemical weapons gassing children, they had all this intelligence. Why didn't they just stop it before it happened? Right. It makes really no sense. Right. So they wanted it to happen. It, right. Let's just assume, okay, Assad did launch chemical weapons against known people. I don't even know if I believe that entirely. 
but let's assume that's true. We let it happen. We wanted it to happen as an excuse to fucking overthrow his government. And, and it still wasn't even enough. Like that, what didn't, in, in the American public's mind, did not justify an invasion. And Obama, I think, was smart enough, as naive and idiotic as he's been the whole time, was smart enough to realize that. Right. That the public was not going to go along with this one. Right. And, and Russia was a convenient out for him. I don't think that, I really don't even think he was looking at it like, you know, we got to really do turn the course around here because this is like going in a dangerous direction. I think he panicked and, uh, and Russia offered some kind of out. I don't know. I mean, that's my, my take on it. Yeah. I um, mean, it, it was, it was just so weird to see, um, after Russia started bombing and how all of a sudden a, the media started caring gravely about civilian casualties. I mean, it was amazing. It was like, wow, all of a sudden all of these people care about civilians dying. That's great. Um, and they really cared about the accuracy and pinpoint precision of stripes. That was great, too. All of a sudden, voila, it was like everyone started caring about this. And then it was even weird because, like, I was watching Al Jazeera because I can't even stomach watching, like, normal news anymore. So right after the Assad, right after Russia got involved, it was so weird. It was like Al Jazeera already had this package ready to go from Syria of, like, Syrian, quote-unquote, rebels being like, yeah... Um, you know, Assad was about to fall, but now that Russia's like bombing us, like we don't, like now we have to like, go back to square one. It was like, what? I don't even, what the, what? <laughs> That's fascinating. It was crazy. Really, really so, crazy. Um, so Al Jazeera is just in the bag for, well, think I mean, about I, it. What would say? I don't even who, really watch think about them. Who, think about who's funding them. Qatar? Yeah. I mean, Qatar and like, and like all these Gulf Arab states that are all boys with each other and who's funding all, you know, like the majority of um, money being funneled into this is from Saudi Arabia and, and Qatar and stuff like that. By the way, the, the, the newspaper that called out Media Roots for and implied that we we're on Assad's payroll is the Star Tribune. So definitely Which check out like the Star Tribune. Which is just like a tiny ass little paper that no one gives a fuck about. Yeah, it's just a tiny ass paper. But it's paper, still but weird. It, it was really weird not calling out Assad is being pro-Assad. And I was like, damn, I was like, that's a super slippery slope because if you're going to start calling people like pro-Saddam for being opposed to the Iraq war, like where does that logic end? You can say that about anything. Well, it's retarded. I mean, it's it's such dumbed down, on purpose, manipulative, polarizing, yeah. false logic. Yeah. And yeah, we, we were, we're lucky enough, I guess. Maybe these other people aren't. Maybe they're just too young to have not lived through that period of the Iraq war when the propaganda yeah. was laid on so yep. thick that it was like cartoonish. Uh, right now, unfortunately, the same cartoonish level of propaganda has actually like influenced some intellectual, more left-leaning people to the point where they actually like repeat it. Right. And they sound just as dumb and as like cartoon-like as like Sean Hannity talking about Saddam on Fox News yeah. when these way these people talk about Assad. And these are people that would normally be on my side when it comes to like anti-imperialism and war. So it is very disturbing. It, it reminds me a lot of the Sam Harris influence. Dude, over and, the let's, left. and let's talk about that because Glenn Greenwald just wrote a good article in response to this asshole, the Daily Beast, writing a whole article about him being like Glenn Greenwald and like the left silent about Russia bombing a hospital. Like, first of all, um, I don't even know if that's true. I need, I need to look into that. And if it is, it's fucked up. But at the same time, it was like the whole article was basically about like, what about this? Like, how come you guys are silent on this? It shows that you're like, you only care about this. And Glenn Greenwald responded being like, 
what about this, 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 and this? It was like a million other war crimes and or like dictators that are funded by us and or like atrocities that this guy was silent on. And it was like, okay, so he, so he was like, this is a, a totally new wave of attack is that you're not attacking someone for what, they, what they've actually written. You're attacking them for what they didn't write. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's exactly. super that, no, that's dangerous. See, I mean, super dangerous. Yeah, I mean, my Glenn Greenwald honeymoon is, was over a while ago, but I mean, it's when I see him write stuff like that, I'm like, damn, dude, like, why you gotta write shit like that more often? Because that's like really cutting, and that, and his voice is still so large. Right. It's like, I just, it pains me that the Intercept has been around this long and they don't write more stuff about Russia. And I've heard things through the grapevine, maybe you have too, um, that they're part of the reason is because they, because of Snowden's predicament, you know. Like they don't want to go too much either way on on any coverage on Russia, and therefore it's put them in like a difficult position, whatever. But I mean, when I see Glenn Wright stuff like that, I'm like, that's exactly what needs to be said. Right. Um, there's not enough people saying things like that. It's just, it's it's so true though. It is. It's so absurd. It's like okay, so we just tally up every single um, unjust and violent thing any country has ever done right. to another country. Right. And let's put them all on a chart. And if you don't talk about every single one of these things, then you're a hypocrite right, or no, something. Exactly. I mean, like, exactly. And it was so the, funny. And, and, and it was funny because he called Liz Wall an idiot. Because Liz like tweeted it at him, being like, "Look, like Glenn Greenwald is like silent about about this." And he was just like, "You are a complete idiot." He like just shut her down so hard. It was like, "Wow, you really want to take on Glenn Greenwald, Liz?" About to get I didn't even see that. That's really great. funny. Um, and and I think I think Liz Wall is a good example of someone who was just a blank slate before, who basically got groomed into now being like one of these people. Even though she's not good at right. it, she's been like sort of groomed by the yeah. same culture. Right. And while we're mentioning Liz Wall really quick, I just wanted to throw this out there. I don't know if you heard, but Belling Cat, um, Google uh, bro. Elliot Higgins, get what? that Google yeah. funds. He, Google. Uh, the corporation is funding, uh, quote unquote, citizen journalist Elliot Higgins, who, in my mind, has done some extremely bizarre shit. Uh, he came on the scene during the Syrian chemical weapons thing. He basically tried to prove that Assad did launch chemical weapons by combing through social media um, and showing like pictures. He's and like shit. he's like a Russian truther. He like creates all these crazy charts and stuff that are like. Like the worst kind, and I'm and I'm saying that in a pejorative sense as a joke, but but he really is bizarre. Um, if you want to just update people really quickly on like that chart thing that he made and how it was just like picked up. Well, yeah. It w okay, so he made uh, probably the biggest thing he did was a citizen journalist investigation of the downing of MH17 and and why the Russian book. Um, like given by the Russian government to the separatists was what brought the plane down. Now. I'm still on the fence about what exactly happened there. I don't really know. However, um, this citizen journalist investigation was so popular that it was used and like parroted out by all these mainstream media organizations. So you brought up an interesting point a couple months ago. Like why, why did the U S government not produce something like this? If it was like so influential and like convinced so many people, well, that's a really good question. And it's still open uh, ended in my mind is if they did or not. I don't know if Elliot Higgins is a private citizen or not. I mean, 
to assume that he is would I think might be potentially naive. But then on the other hand, to call him a government agent would sound conspiracy theorist. But that's the thing in this culture that we're living in now, that line I think has become very blurry. It's very hard to tell what these people actually are and what, what they're doing. But Elliot Higgins um, is now funded by Google who is arguably one of the most powerful corporations in the world simply because they have the same reach and information database as the CIA or an intelligence agency. Um, they have incredible reach and incredible information. Um, so now they're funding him. And I, I think that's interesting that's because... This is also speaking were of on this the, wall. He's the one who like funded her trip or sponsored it, Bellingcat. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, and also, I mean, as Julian Assange and others have pointed out, Google has actually been actively involved in regime change uh, for years and years, um, funding NGOs, um, funding all different kinds of things, um, you know, even predating the Arab Spring. Google has actually uh, been actively involved, not just like through their money, but they have people working for them who used to work for the State Department who understand how these things work and understand how like fostering regime change works in other countries. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the guy's name exactly, but there was a State Department official who was very close with um, with Eric Schmidt, who swit who went to Google from the State Department. Um, and Julian Assange goes into this in his book. But yeah, Bellingcat, um, it is fascinating because, yeah, the photo, let's call it photo forensic uh, investigations he's doing are done on a non-professional level, meaning that he has no photo or forensics training whatsoever. Zero. Um, so his ability to discern from photographs specific details and things like that is just as good as any average person off the street that you pick randomly. So that's what's interesting about him. Yeah, but that's... But it's so funny how he all he does in these investigations is just circle these grainy photographs all from all these different social media outlets and photo forensic analysis is actually a skill that takes many, many years to learn. It's not something that you can do as a normal citizen. Right. So that's really fascinating that somehow people just trust his ability to do this. It's just in the same way that we, we you know, like if I look at, um, you know, if I was uh, interested in 9-11 conspiracies and I looked at a, a Pentagon uh, photo forensic analysis showing me how a plane couldn't have hit the Pentagon because it didn't knock down the light poles and they circle the light poles and then show you all these other photos of the light poles. I mean, in a certain frame of mind, you could look at that and be like, oh, yeah, this kind of makes sense. Like uh, the plane didn't hit the light poles or whatever. Like there's things if they're presented in a certain way online just through series of photos and circles and diagrams. Oh, course, where you, it's yeah. just seems convincing. Right. But it's really I mean, it's it's B.S investigation it's not real it's not like a real thorough investigation um so that's i mean that's really he the end of that Congress, right um he might have he might have i, I know he liz, i mean liz wall and peter pomeroslav oh did. Right, right 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 yeah yeah no it was just yeah. right around that time that i thought he was there too no but i mean the interesting thing about elliot higgins and liz wall is they're definitely part of this like Oslo Freedom Forum, like Human Rights Watch, like weird, phony, kind of like you don't really know if these organizations are really serious or not, like weird quasi-human rights qu culture, 
where it's like they'll go and speak at these events, but then these same events will host people like Jamie Kerchick and other neocons, and they're only hosting them because they're sitting there talking about like totalitarianism in Russia. And right, exactly. Like that. You know, it's really funny because it's all about, um, you know, Russia does this, Russia does that, but then it's like just total um, apologizing for, for the U.S. atrocities. Even in the case of the hospital bombing, Liz's whole thing was like, yeah, it's like... Obama apologized for bombing a hospital. Like, what about Putin? And I was like, wait, what? Like, first of all, the U.S. military deliberately bombed the hospital. Um, and, and Sam Harris even replied to me on Twitter when I said, like, yeah, the U.S. deliberately bombed this hospital. He was like, really? Like, what would their intention be to bomb a, a Doctors Without Borders hospital? It's like, I don't know, Sam. Why don't you fucking ask them? Because they did. And it's on well, record. It's like, dude, are we seriously talking about moral intentions? Well, guess what? It's out the fucking window. Because we did. Well, we this... bombed a hospital and then they shot at people running away. Yeah, just like, oh, guess what? It's very similar to the collateral murder video where not only did they shoot people like trying to jump out of the way, like holding like camera tripods and shit. Um, they shot them all on the ground as they were like jumping out of the way from these, you know, 50 caliber rounds. They also shot the van that had a child in it trying to carry away the injured. I I, I guess I wrongly assume that there were conventions of warfare that right. we followed still. Like we don't shoot at people. Like if someone's injured on the ground dying, we don't keep shooting them until they turn into a fucking hamburger patty. Right. Like that's that's just weird in and of itself that that's normal warfare. Right. We turn people into hamburger patties. Normal. That's normal. That's the default. On top of that, we also turn into hamburger patties anybody who's trying to come and rescue these people who are already basically probably already dead anyways. So I didn't. I don't even understand how that's legal. But yeah, what you're describing, I don't see how that's that much of a surprise at all. The U.S. military killed countless journalists and actually shot and bombed TV stations in Iraq so many times that at a certain point you really have to be a moron or just very, very trusting of the U.S. government to assume, oh, yeah, that those were all accidents. None of those were deliberate. Yeah, and even it was all the accidents, doctors at Abby. Borders Hospital was saying they knew our location specifically because it's like one of the only like entire hospitals in eastern afghanistan it's like it's a very desolate country like obviously we know the headquarters of the hospital the only hospital in like the entire region the u.s didn't like it because it it treated taliban people because it was like an ended like it like doesn't have discrimination of who it treats or whatever and the u.s had the audacity to not only bomb it and kill countless people and maim countless people there was this horrifying report that showed like some kid's arm was dangling by a piece of tissue. Um, it was being bombed so hard, shooting at people running away for like consecutive, like an hour straight, if not 30 minutes to an hour. That's how long this was going on, even though they kept calling saying, we're a hospital, why are you bombing us? Because the initial reports were that the Taliban was there. The Taliban was there. So so now we've just adopted the human shield propaganda talking about I me. Mean, I didn't realize that it would get that far. Because, yes, Obama can come out and apologize and then everyone just forgets and is like, oh, just another mistake. We bombed a hospital. Whoops. But this was different because they actually came out and said the Taliban was there and that's why they bombed it. And that I don't know if that slipped out and then they denied it later because Obama still said, like, you know, it was a grave mistake. Da, da, da. But that happened. And you know that it was deliberate. And that's really, really, really a slippery slope when we start saying justifying that we can bomb hospitals because... The Taliban's using the entire hospital staff as human shields, so therefore bomb the whole hospital. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that is, it is, it is. I mean, like we've been saying on this podcast for, a, you know, at least a year that it's like the more we normalize these things and the, even the fact that we're having a debate about it is disturbing. Like, or just like we had a quote debate about torture. Is torture yeah, right yeah, or yeah, wrong? Yeah, yeah. Should we right bomb hospitals or not? Does torture work? It's like, wait a second. Yeah. Why the fuck are we even talking about this in the first place? Of course it's wrong. Are you insane to even sit here and act like there's one choice or the other? Right. Like, what is wrong with you? You psycho. I mean, that's honestly how I think is that's a normal reaction to those things. But the fact that we're sitting here actually weighing the differences is very disturbing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's exempt. I mean, like, I don't know if you listen to Duncan Trussell's podcast. I, I'm not. I only listened to like the last few episodes, but he did this really great rant about how um, living in America is like living inside of the body of a very healthy serial killer. Yeah. And I think that that's very true because the more we're, it's like if, if we're killing all these people, murdering all these people, bombing hospitals, torturing people, keeping a gulag of people that aren't charged with crimes, um, and nobody cares, then that's that's a healthy state. Right. Uh, the only time it's not healthy is when people start to get upset about it and like complain a lot and right. like keep that in the public dialogue. But we're not at that point right now. Like maybe we were an unhealthy serial killer during like the end of the Bush administration because so many people were so upset. But we're really healthy now. Yeah. We're really, really healthy. That's what, that's and we what are. I mean, we are a serial killer nation. There is no doubt about that. Um, and I, I just find it fascinating that when things like this Russian, um, the, the so-called RTTV founder being found dead in a D.C. hotel room. Did you hear about this? Yeah, of course. That it's like the anytime anybody gets assassinated or mysteriously dies who's a Russian official now, the U.S. media is basically implying that they were assassinated, right? Politically assassinated by Putin, right? For something, right? And think, just think for a second about how interesting that is. That we're so willing to accept that. And I've even talked to people about, like, friends of mine about this, who are very open-minded and who agree with us on a lot of shit. And they will actually sit there and 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 believe this idea that, of, oh yeah, of course, Russia is really corrupt. You know, yeah, they they killed Litvinenko. Um, you know, they gave him polonium. You know, they kill all these people. They're a really corrupt nation. And then when you ask them the same question about us, well, do you think anybody in the do you think any political dissidents in the U.S. have been killed by the government? They'll be like, well, no. And they'll be like, well, why? Why don't you think that? And they'll be like, well, because of this and this, or because we would know about it by now, or or you know, somebody would find out about it. Or they would say, well, we just don't, you know, we're not that corrupt. We don't corrupt. do that. More. Yeah, it's we American don't, socialism. It's, basic, it's American socialism. It basically deduces down to the fact of our press is either too good to let something like that slip right. by, which is a myth. Let's face it. It's a fucking myth. Because look what happened in the anthrax attacks. That's a right. perfect example right. of something that has been entirely memory hold where five people were killed right. by weaponized anthrax. Right. So that's a myth. Our press would not give a shit. I mean... Michael Hastings, I don't know what happened to him, but we're left with this official version that he decided while on Adderall and pot to crash himself into a palm tree at 80 miles per hour after basically destroying the career of a major general. Um, 
I don't know if that does not sit well with me still. Um, I don't, I, but I can't say what happened to him. But I, I'm bringing this up because it, sh it shows how much we're actually living under a delusional state in this country to just automatically reject the idea that that's even possible. What about David Kelly? Yeah, or David Kelly. Yeah. I mean, even or people in the British Parliament were like, what happened to David Kelly? Yeah. What happened to him? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there was a moment, um, there was a, like I said, there was a moment during the Bush administration that we were kind of becoming an unhealthy serial killer where some people were noticing, oh my God, this serial killer might actually be killing its own people. Like it might actually be like turning its serial killing inward now to protect more serial killing. And, 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 and I'm sorry, it already is in mass. What do you call this whole system that we live under? Like people, I mean, people are dying on the street. Like I just went to Montreal and it was visibly different, even like a like a slightly healthier society in terms of like social welfare. I mean, it was amazing. Like, I don't know, maybe just living near Skid Row really like toxified my brain and how fucked up. America is, but it really cemented that for me because going somewhere like Canada and seeing a like barely any homeless people, b free healthcare. Like, I just had to pay five hundred dollars because I don't have healthcare right now to go see a, to get birth control. Like that's how insane the society that we live in is. And when you provide basic staples for people, affordable housing, healthcare, yeah, crime isn't as high because people aren't desperately trying to live. It's very simple. Um, but of course, we live in a society where people applaud people like Donald Trump who say we need to build more walls and, and, and his main priority, you know, eliminating Obamacare, all this stuff. I mean, it's crazy. How did we get how did we get to this point? But it really is it really is visibly palpably different, even in somewhere like Canada. Um, and it's just amazing. I don't even know how I got on that rant. But no, I mean, we got to this point, I think, because uh, we've been indoctrinated to believe in things and hold things dear that are against our own self-interest oh right right that's how i got there is that that we, there's I mean, people dying every day from starvation and also just like in the cold because there's no services in the richest country in the world to provide people to live so yeah you know but I mean, yeah that, they don't see that as like killing us even though they're you know it's like seeing someone dying for a drink of water and you're just pouring an entire bottle of water in their face and being like you can't have any because it's mine i mean yeah. it, i mean that's 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 the system that's what we're living in right now so that's the system and and the 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 difference between corporate and and the state is is more blurry than it's ever been before and i think this is why it's so hard to understand and to really decipher why so many people are believing in things against their own self-interest right. because they're being indoctrinated on so many different levels by so many different forms of media that are all in some ways putting out some a, a form of ideology i mean you yeah know, it, it's and you know and and back when i first got into this stuff you know you, you would read stuff on the internet and you would look you know, you'd be like, oh, Bilderberg, you know, that is where it all is coming from. You know, you would you would see all these world leaders and corporate heads at this big meeting in secret. And, you know, and they would and they must lay out this agenda for the year every time. But it's like it's it's so much scarier and in my mind, more irreversible than something like that. We are so deep into oh, God, this. Yeah, there's so many. So let's assume for a second that that cartoonish 
yeah. sort of oversimplified view is true that Bilderberg is this group of corporate heads of you know state uh, CEOs and corporate or just heads of state all colluding together to put out this agenda. Um, if that were true, uh, what we're seeing now is that that ideology or that agenda has millions of loyal soldiers, like millions of them, constantly echoing that agenda. So it's not that this is like the state versus us or the corporate versus us. We're fucking doing it to each other now. Oh my God, it's gotten so I mean, bad. It's 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 kind of in a way, it's very similar to McCarthyism. Right. But I think it's more destructive because at least with McCarthyism, it was a clear cut, like cartoonish, like you're a commie, you're a sympathizer or you're a patriot. Now it's like this convoluted thing where it's like, you know, you critique capitalism and uh, or you critique the state or something. But you just call it like a generic, you know, a libtard or a, a conspiracy theorist or, right. you know, a socialist. And it just seems like we really are in that era again but it's more it's more complicated I, well, it's, well, I don't know well, everyone should sense, watch everyone, you know absolutely and I think it really does come from like the anti-communism that was indoctrinated in the US because I mean we didn't live through this time but doing the research for that Empire's Files episode and Mike being like socialist and stuff and being in, in the party it was super crazy because I realized A I've gotten smeared just for being with Mike so I'm like by proxy I'm now like a, a commie you know so I can't be trusted and then on top of that, seeing the history of what actually happened here. Thousands of people were raided, arrested. There was actually a law passed that said it's illegal to be a communist. Like, that's what happened in this country. Oh, yeah. And the Sedition Act said that you can't say anything and you'll be arrested. There was even a, a Eugene Debs. He was wildly popular. He got like 6% of the presidential vote. And he got fucking put in jail for speaking out against World War One. This was the climate here. So I think it's hilarious when all of these like people who parrot liberty and they have this completely warped view of like libertarianism now and they they tell me I'm brainwashing stuff. It's like, no, dude, you are just the victim. You're a sad, sad victim of a century long war on a thought that like bucks anything that's like the absolute truth. You can sit here and decry the state all you want to, but the state and corporations are working in concert and it's insane that you can like anything that I bring up that bucks capitalism or whatever, it's like, no, this isn't the true form of capitalism. It's like, dude, it doesn't matter. Right now, like, this is what it's evolved into, and it's bad and it's wrong. So we need to start talking about alternatives here, otherwise we're all going to die. Sorry, that was really um, morbid. But, I mean, it's just crazy. It's like climate change is going out of control. Um, you know, we're polluting the hell out of the environment. It's like there is no end to this because it's all just permits, like, for these corporations. They just will pay a fine and keep doing it. So it's just the yeah. way it's going to be. Um, but I wanted to really quickly bring up Sam Harris because I there are like a, a shitload of loyal foot soldiers for this new sort of like rebranding of neoconservativism. You know, Bush era, everyone is like very blatant. Everyone hates the neocons, da, da, da. Kagan family is more insidious, but they're still like, you know, can be considered like conservative or whatever. But Sam Harris and his like loyal army of people who have been trolling the hell out of me, like like making all these crazy misogynist videos of me. It's very strange. And they're all like these dudes, these white guys who are all just like really, really hateful on anyone. And they all like bring up Sam Harris. And, and when I was on Joe Rogan's show and I said, I don't, like I'll never hear the end of this. When I said I didn't, like I don't care what a neuroscientist has to say about foreign policy. And everyone's like, oh, like 
like, you think that you're not qualified to, de- or that he's not qualified to debate you and stuff. It's like, no, that's not what I was saying at all. I'm saying, why are we giving credence to some like guy who I actually don't know his work on neuroscience at all? Um, you would think that if he, you know, had credibility in his field, like we would know something about some sort of thing that he's written about, about science. But instead, all it is, is like hating Islam. And, and, and before the Joe Rogan thing, I hadn't even really like, you know, I'd seen bits and pieces of what Sam Harris had said after like this crazy attack mode of all of his, all of his fans being like, you're, you're misinterpreting him. Da, 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 da. Like, I was like, wow, maybe I am misinterpreting him. I was like, I was thinking to myself, wow, maybe like he, maybe I was wrong. And so I listened to like a two hour debate with him and Chris Hedges. And it was appalling. We bigoted. Like the first thing he said, it was great. The first thing he said, like, you know, about religion, like when he's not talking about a specific religion, he was just like, yeah, he made the point that if there's, if there was like a Jesus Christ today, which there are, there's like, you know, shamans and like miracle workers, quote unquote, who have like massive followings of people who would like die for them. But we don't take them seriously because it's 21st century. We have science. We understand that that's like not, you know, we're not like creating religions around like these people now. And they're kind of like, whatever. That was the only good thing he said. And then he just immediately started talking about Islam and how like Palestinians celebrate their children's deaths. And Chris Hedges was like, that's extremely racist. And then you get into the whole Islam is not a race thing. And so Sam Harris just kept doubling down on um, on Islam so hard. I, it was it was disgusting. And I was just like shocked that I, I wish I had that fodder before going into that interview because I was like, damn, there's a million examples here. He even says that like the Middle Eastern countries are so backwards that like they need either a dictator or U.S. to intervene. Like that's what they need. They need us to go help them and like overthrow their governments and control them because they're so backward. Um, it, it was it was amazing. And, and it's just incredible that he has so many followers who who think that they're all like intellectual and you know, post-religion, and they're like, yeah, like, we hate all religions. It's like, well, why do you specifically hate Islam so much that it's, like, like, way disproportionate? Because you can look at people like Eric Prince and Bush, who said that God told them to invade Iraq, that God wanted Eric Prince to have this anti-Muslim army of foot soldiers to go massacre people, but that's not Christianity, you know? That's not the extremist form of Christianity taken to the hilt where you're actually like a state sanctioned Christian nation that's like has this leader who's going out there and saying God is telling them to do these things. I mean, what's the difference? It's it's so I could I could say so many things about this, but even just what you just said, it's almost like it's almost like by 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 saying that back to one of his arguments, it's like we're still in a way letting him frame the debate it's like let's just let's just cut through all his horseshit first of all i think he is a liar i don't even think that he means a lot of the time what he says i think he knows what he's doing he's shrewd and he's very smart and he his goal is to influence liberals into dehumanizing muslim populations across the planet Mm -hmm. period not to point out how these people need to be reformed or how we need to help them. We need to dehumanize them, right. which is exactly the same goal that the United States government has been using the whole time during the war on terror. With a few exceptions during the Obama administration, arguably Obama 
try, I mean, I don't even know if you'd agree with this, but I think that Obama did try to like stem the Islamophobia a bit. And I almost feel like people like Sam Harris are have flourished under that because say, for example, when Nadal Hassan shot mm-hmm. the military base up um, during the Obama administration, the U.S. government never came out and announced it was an Islamic terrorist attack. And I think that created a turning point for a lot of people like Sam Harris, where they were like, well, why? You know, why aren't you, you know, talking about this? Like, because it is. We need, we need to t- constantly talk about how these, this is a death cult and how these people just want to kill. You know, they're martyrs. They don't value life. Um, and they're dangerous. So I think it's in part... It's almost like a knee jerk against the U.S. government for not being Islamophobic enough or something mm-hmm. um, that these people flourish. But I, I think that Sam Harris um, is absolutely a brainwashed. You can you can read some of his writings. Either he's a moron or he's intentionally using very dumbed down language to appeal to morons. It's hard to tell. When you read his rants, he actually uses the term death cult constantly to describe Islam as a whole. Death cult. Okay. Wow. Does he ref- does he refer to pe- uh, to Catholicism as a pedophile cult? Right. Because I mean, let's be straight here. I mean, what, what you know? I mean, it's just that is an, that exemplifies, I think, where he's coming from. And then he also like uses. Like he said before, like, we need to like win this war, like this, like we need to fight this war. Like he refers to the war on terror as a war. Right. He's one of those people who actually believes that. Right. Now, the war on terror to any logical person is a completely illogical manufactured concept and paradigm. It has no relevance whatsoever. The only relevance is this myth that the U.S. government has put out that the U.S. government really isn't even putting out that strongly anymore. Like I said, I feel like Obama, at least on a superficial level, you know, he even tried to rename it, you know? Right. So it's like these people are so invested still in this idea that there is a war on terror and it's a real war. And then also Sam Harris is one of those people who, who says... We, need, we should take them seriously because they declared war on us. They. Like, he says shit like that. It's fascinating that just in his language, you can tell he's coming from a racist place, purposely trying to dehumanize an entire other population. Oh, it's, it's racist a- as hell, and it's so dumbed down, Robbie, because it was so funny. Like, he, he shouldn't have ever debated Chris Hedges because it was actually really embarrassing. Um, but, but Chris Hedges and the moderator even had to jump in at a point and be like, Sam, you're not answering the question. He was like, he was like, you're not addressing what we're saying, which is that, why is this happening? Why? Cause, cause Sam Harris kept saying like, Islam is on the rise and like all of these people are, um, you know, believe in this thing. And he's like, he kept saying the polls, the polls show that all these people believe in like this death cult and stuff. And it was like, okay, so why did Islam like, why did Hamas come into power? Like, like asking the why and how. And he refused yeah. to do that. He refuses to do that. And he doesn't understand. Uh, unless, I mean, if he's that stupid, he doesn't seem to connect that when people are like in extreme, like desperation, that's when you turn to suicide bombing, when you have no weapons, when you're like in a, in a sieged off place with like, you don't have like industrial warfare, you know, and when you're being occupied 
and and yeah. slaughtered every day. Like that's when those things happen. Um, it's not that they don't value life and stuff like that. It's that the U.S. government, if you you know you can you can deny it all you want, but like it's the U.S. government. It's like crony imperial projects have dehumanized so many people and destabilized so many parts of the world that a lot of these people have nothing. And so you turn to religion when you have nothing um, to keep you going. And so Sam yeah, or you turn to more extremist, yeah, ext- more extremist sectors in your religion. And let's let's you know, I want to make sure that I, I point out that like people who are very uh, dogmatic into Islam aren't necessarily like Islamic extremists, like terrorists. I mean that. Of course, that obviously is as false. Like there are plenty of extremely devout, highly religious Muslims who do not commit or endorse terrorist acts, you know? So like the idea that it's like a spectrum where if you start as a moderate Muslim, if you go all the way to the extreme, you automatically become like ISIS. That is a complete manufactured lie. And that's the same thing Sam Harris is out there saying. He's saying that the ISIS like caliphate is like the inevitable conclusion of like extremist Islamic fundamentalist thought. Right. Without, Completely without, without false. saying why, why is ISIS there? Completely why does ISIS false. exist? It's like, just like in the just same like, way that it's all vacuum. Just, yeah. Just like in the same way that you take, you know, a moderate reformed Jew and you go all the way to the extreme side of the spectrum, you have very peaceful Orthodox Jews who keep to themselves and, and don't um, want to kill people. Or you also have extremely ultra uh, Zionist uh, hardline Orthodox Jews who actually put out edicts saying that um, certain Jews should be killed under Judaic law because they're violating Judaism. So what I'm saying is, it's not a spectrum where you, when you go to the extreme, you know, intense dogmatic end of the religion that an Islamic uh, person in that state is going to want to kill other people or become a terrorist. It's such a gross misrepresentation. Um, and it just infuriates me the way that he's able to actually convince. And it all plays on ignorance. We don't I mean, we, we barely know any Muslims in this country. I mean, there's so few of them that we encounter in our daily lives that it's like. It just, it feeds completely off of our ignorance. Right. Um, and yeah, I even, I even got a comment today after the Israel episode that we just released being like, yeah, like it's really hard to take you seriously when you just like, you know, I'm a fan of Sam Harris and like, I appreciate your journalism, but like when you just blame, when your worldview is blaming everything wrong in the world on the U.S. and Israel, it's like really hard to take your journalism seriously. And it's like, what? No, dude, I'm an American citizen. And, and have you seen what this country's done? Have you yeah, seen I'm what sorry. the government I'm... of this country has done in the last hundred years? How yeah, can you I'm sorry possibly... that you're such an overly sensitive little baby that you have a problem with blaming most of the shit on our country. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's I'm like, sorry, dude. It's like, how are these people able to just function? It doesn't make sense. It's like, yeah, they're not maybe flag waving, you know, uh, trucker hat wearing patriots, you know, with Confederate flags on their walls. But in some ways, I would argue that they're even worse because at least those people, you know, they're whatever. They embody this sort of like, you know, they're they're living their lives the way they want to. And honestly, they're openly racist, right. openly patriotic, openly jingoistic. Fucking fine. Be that way. I, I'm I, like, I'm OK with you being you. You know, mm-hmm. I don't agree mm-hmm. with you, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I'm actually not okay with these quasi-intellectual liars 
who sit there and act like there's all this balance and false equivalency to the world and that blaming America or Israel too much is offensive. Right. Like, and, those and, and, people and that we have this, and we have this like superiority complex where no, like the U.S. would never do that. Like, what would we get out of that? It's like, I don't know. Did you think that there would be no casualties like in, in giant ground invasions and like, like bombing campaigns that are just consecutive over a decade? Like, or do you think that that's all justified to kill terrorists? I don't understand this mentality. Do they think that it's just amazing? It's just like the human shield thing. When Bush, before he invaded Iraq, he was like, just so you know, like Saddam's going to use human shields and blame all civilian casualties on us when it's really him. That's the kind yeah. of mentality. It's like projection to the most bizarre extremes where you're like, no, like we shouldn't be blamed for the million civilian casualties like that. That was like Saddam. Well, they cover all bases, just like they used to say that all the journalists who were being killed in Iraq at such a crazy frequent rate. Oh, it's because they didn't like go through the proper embedding process with us. Really? That's why? Hmm, that's strange. So it's like they have an excuse for every single thing they do that's horrible, you know, built in. And right. uh, that's just how they operate. I mean, it's, it's you know, going back to this, this, uh, this guy, this RT uh, founder dying in a hotel room. I mean, I really do think that we're all at a disadvantage um, for not at least accepting the possibility that if you get too close to becoming a true threat to this government, you will be eliminated in some way. I mean, not, I'm not saying killed, but I'm saying like you will be ruined. They will try to find a way to ruin you. Um, you know, and uh, I just think that's interesting that there's so many people who, who feel almost like this false sense of security or safety that we live in a free non-totalitarian country that it's okay to criticize the government and even really threaten them and you'll be okay you'll be fine that's very naive and very dangerous i think to go around thinking that i think that we're actually we'd be at a stronger place as a movement if we could accept the dire situation that we're in more realistically now and like just for example like um this movie you know there's so much shitty anti-russian generic jingoistic stuff about Russia and the media right now. We have the, um, you know, House of Cards season three, which you and I talked about forever. Um, the Americans, the TV series about the Russian KGB spies living here. But uh, I was really surprised that this movie I recently saw called Bridge of Spies um, by Steven Spielberg. Actually, it, it really does make some of these same points that we're making here now and how absurd it is that we see things in such black and white and we're living here in you know, supposedly this era of information and, you know, you know, we're so civilized in technology, but yet we still, I mean, the reason he made Bridge of Spies probably was because of, he could, he's probably saw us slipping into this Cold War mentality again. And the movie, I thought did a really fucking good job of showing just how each country basically is, is basically just trying to win like a game and they don't care how they win it. Like, they don't even care about their own people, really. Um, and there was a moment, actually, in the movie. I don't, do you know anything about this movie? No. So, basically, the plot is Tom Hanks was hired as a lawyer for a, uh, a, a guy spied, uh, a guy charged with spying, a Russian spy. And the, the premise of the movie is, oh, we're just going to, we're going to hire this, like, trial lawyer, um, you know, just to give the appearance that he's going to get a fair trial because we want 
people that think here that our justice system is fair, even though we all know he's a Russian spy and we're going to give him the chair. It's kind of like the, the way the movie starts out. So Tom Hanks starts defending this guy. It becomes pretty clear that he is actually a Russian spy, but Tom Hanks, because he believes in the principles of law, like his character, whether it's bullshit character or not, or based on a real guy, he actually like keeps trying to escalate the legal predicament of this guy to the Supreme Court because like they didn't use a search warrant to search mm -hmm. his house when they found all the spying equipment. And then like the judge was like, you don't understand this. There are more, you know, there are bigger stakes here than someone's life. Like this is a nuclear annihilation for like our country. Like we can't let this guy go through a proper legal justice system, mm -hmm. basically. Um, and there's a really interesting moment, which I thought was really it really impacted me as I was watching it because he so Tom Hanks is in prison, kind of almost giddy telling this Russian spy like there's a chance like there's a chance we're going to bring this to the Supreme Court because they didn't use a proper warrant and then into this and they didn't do that. And then the guy just turns to Tom Hanks and he's like, be careful, be careful. Mm -hmm. And. I was just like, holy shit, like that's, that's, you you rarely see that in movies or anything where it's like someone brings that up. Like you think you're in this illusion of we're in a legal state, things are fair, things are just, but at a certain point you do cross a line where it's like, I'm dealing with the most powerful government, the most technologically and militarily sophisticated empire on the planet, and I'm trying to go up against them? Right. And that's and what you were saying before about how, like, if just because we're not living in like an open totalitarian state where people are getting executed on the street, why should that like, I, I don't want to wait to that point. Do you like, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, if we're killing all these people around the world, we, they might as well be killing Americans. There's no difference to me whether Iraqis are or Americans. I mean, it's it, the only difference would be like, that's when Americans would wake up. But it's like that, yeah. that. That doesn't mean anything to me. What means something to me is that we're extrajudicially assassinating people every day around the world in our names, with our money, and it's completely insane. And, and I like what Noam Chomsky brought up because it was like very simple logic that I feel like we always bring up too, which is just like, you know, the, the doctors at Borders Hospital where he was just like, yeah, it's like totally crazy. He was like, first of all, this isn't the first time that the U.S. has attacked a hospital deliberately. He was like, in Fallujah, these Marines went and seized a hospital on purpose because they said it was like a propaganda arm because it was releasing casualty figures. That's yeah. one. But he was also just like, what right do we have to kill even the Taliban? He's like, there's no, we don't have a right to go and just kill Taliban, even if you hate the Taliban. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy logic. It's belligerent as fuck. And you're going and just taking swaths of humanity with you destroying it's, untold lives i mean what what is going on how is that acceptable to anyone so i'm sorry i don't care like i don't want to get to the point where where bloodshed is in our streets because it's happening all over the world in our names already and that's enough for me yeah and i and i i guess i i, I want to bring up the matt to hard thing just because i remember when we first wrote, read about it we were sort of like, you know, what is this? What, what's really this story all about? And, and we read that David Kushner article on BuzzFeed. And like, I mean, really, the article is like 75% about this, like this child pornography charges against him. And I just thought, I just think that's incredibly strange that, you know, the main story out about this kid 
who's being, um, you know, his legal defense is being funded by the Courage Foundation, was like the guy buries the lead on this like huge revelation that if it's true, is extremely devastating for the entire country. If it's not true, then then whatever. But even still, it's just incredibly weird to me that um, that's more important to like, you know, like like to show that what this guy could have done and, and what he's being charged with rather than this this claim that he's making um, that the CIA was behind the anthrax attacks. Um, and I, I think that's a I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know exactly why this guy decided to bury the lead like that. But I do think it's a good example of like just where our priorities are at here in this country. Like that, you know, it's more important to like, I don't, I don't even really know what I'm trying to say, but. No, it's like so scary to even touch that. It's like, okay, great. They like picked up the first thing that could just completely discredit everything and be like, okay, cool. Child porn done. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. It's like, well, wait, like, I mean, I don't know what really happened. I don't know if the documents were real, but it's just really an interesting thing to see everyone just be like, well, I'm not going to follow up on this because it's like, well, that would be a really easy way to just like, you know, squash a story. Yeah. Or let's, let's just say in theory, if anybody, 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 anybody had anything very incriminating about the U S government, um, that could potentially undermine something like that or knew something, if they had any dirt on them whatsoever, the government would use it against them. Guaranteed. Of course. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if say if you or I, um, you know, did something illegal and there was like a record of it on the internet or we did something that we'd be really embarrassed by and somehow the government knew that and then we did something that was really going to fuck them up, that, that card would be pulled out immediately. Of course. And thrown at us with like the hardest force you can imagine. So I just think it, everyone needs to always keep that in mind that like this is not this safe, happy country. I mean, just because it seems healthy, it still is a serial killer. And I, I guess I just I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about that a lot lately because it's something that I think we forget sometimes that it, it we be, almost become numb to it, you know. Because it's all happening thousands of miles away most of the time that we're killing all these people. Mm-hmm. But um, like you said, I mean, why why is it any different than the U.S. government just killing random people on the streets who are a threat here? I mean, it's we don't see it happening in front of us, but I, I mean, it's really just as bad. Yeah. And like, even though there aren't, you know, of course, Bush's wars were like horrific and... I mean, killing over a million people's just, there's no comparison whatsoever. When you look at the benevolent empire now, which, which has Obama at the, at the forefront, now you, you know, Hillary's probably going to be um, following him. It's, it's, it's more horrifying to me that we've gone so past like any sort of legal processes whatsoever. Not that there ever really was, because when you look back, like, you know, the Sedition Act alone is, is insane that you can just be in prison for something that you say. Um, that's against the war. But but I mean, you know, we've had this like quasi legal system that we've been operating under. But now under Obama, like at least the torture victims lived or many of them did here under Obama, the drone program, people are just getting executed all over the place. And, and it's just like, oh, they're just terrorists. Don't worry. They were all terrorists who might want to harm us later on. That's the logic. I mean, those people have no voice that will never know who they are. Who are these people? Who are these people? Like, at least well, the torture know. program, you know, if they lived, like, at least they fucking had their lives. 
you know, they they were probably traumatized for the rest of their lives going through this process. But like, Jesus Christ, we're just, there's just people being executed all over the world every day. And we'll never know I mean, who I they think are. It's, I think it's one of the more, more fascinating examples of what you're talking about is you can you can learn a lot about someone like Anwar Alaki by going back and, and watching a lot of his English sermons. And it's very fascinating, I think, because, you know, uh, a lot of the shit he's saying is extremely true and accurate. But I why mean, do they he, kill his son later in another drone strike? Because, like, even Anwar Alaki, I could, I could see people, like, justifying that in some like crazy roundabout way but how could you ever justify like a separate drone strike to kill his son that's no that's it's a great question i mean the only way you could justify it is by saying oh he, he's gonna be so mad we killed his dad that we just <laughs> might as well kill him too <laughs> you know i mean it, i mean according to game theory logic it makes perfect sense it's like well why would we let his son li right. live we got to kill the fucking uh the whole family tree really Right. Right. I mean, if you're going to kill a terrorist from the U.S.'s perspective, it's a lot cleaner to just kill off his entire family lineage at the same mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. You know, it That's makes what perfect Israel sense. Does. Israel just bombs these whole homes that have like like five generations living in them in Gaza. And so all the family just gets wiped out. Like I think like 81 families are just completely liquidated. Zero remnants of like any of these families in Gaza because they all live in like these you know, these like apartment complexes and all the family lives on different floors and stuff and they just are gone forever. So it's like, it's fucking crazy. And, yeah. and a lot of people, you know, I mean, and in Israel's case, I mean, Israel's a whole different ball game their level of like Machiavellian. Oh my God. You know, it's, it's like, we think America's bad and a serial killer. Wow. Like Israel doing this episode again. Yes. We're using the human shield thing to bomb hospitals, which is insane. But Israel, if you're a journalist working there, you have to sign a waiver being like, I have zero legal recourse and I could be used as a human shield by Hamas. Like, that's like what you sign to get into report. So then if you die, it's Hamas's fault. It's it's the most crazy shit I've ever seen. Like, I, I actually, I know that they've like used the human shield thing for generations, but this is the craziest thing I've ever seen because it just makes no sense at all. Like how, how Israeli officials are saying that they're committing self-genocide and Hamas is committing triple war crimes. It's like, what are you talking about? And how like any, any home is a legitimate target. It's like, yeah, because Hamas is the government. So anywhere in the whole, in all of Gaza could be a legitimate target. Like, so you're just justifying and rationalizing the execution of journalists, like straight up execution. You can see on video, I mean, like snipers just killing journalists and people who are clearly just like trapped in rubble. I mean, this is how sadistic these people are. And it's just totally immunized. It's shocking. I've never seen anything to the level of sadism that I have Israel. And when you look at this coverage, it's just like, there's no defending it whatsoever. Like there, there is nothing that you can say. Yeah, it's really, it is really fascinating. Like I, I even, I mean, I'm not even talking about like all the snuff videos, which are so, there's so many of them coming out of Israel. But like I just watched a video of um, like press with clearly like wearing press vests and they had helmets on, they had cameras, um, a, a whole camera crew filming IDF soldiers. I don't even really think the IDF soldiers were up to anything that crazy, you know, just like a regular patrol. Mm -hmm. And for some reason um, that they just didn't like these reporters and they got out and just started pushing them, shoving them, push one guy on the ground and just smash the camera like on the ground. Yeah. 
And it's just like, can you imagine that? Like a Russian separatist in Ukraine doing that to a vice journalist? Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck would the media coverage mm -hmm. here be mm -hmm. like? Mm -hmm. Shane Smith would be fucking shitting a brick mm -hmm. and talking about how crazy it is and shit. It's like, Israel can get away with anything. Yeah, it's amazing. It really can. It really, really can. It's fucking crazy. They're now just like targeting people in the dick. Like my friend Dan Cohen, who we just interviewed for this episode, he said that that's like their new strategy is like, like aim for the dick. Um, you know, if they're not shooting to kill, they'll shoot your, your genitals. Um, God damn. So it's like chimpanzees. It's like just the most crazy dehumanizing, like humiliating shit that you can think of. And why not? I mean, when they're that sadistic and they've been indoctrinated so hard where the entire society is militarized to the hilt, like, of course, they're going to act that way. And there's no recourse whatsoever. There's zero recourse. And guess who's funding this is us. Israel would be nothing if it weren't for the $3 billion that are given to them. I mean, it would be, it would yeah. be a joke. They would fall immediately. Like, but, but so people have to understand that it's really, really crucial as Americans to be speaking up about this. Um, and, yeah. you know, they can't hide behind their cartoons anymore because we're just seeing the photos ourselves and the media can't hide it any longer but it is really disgusting when you see how the media covers up i mean even a couple of weeks ago msnbc put that map out you know that map of like the theft of palestinian land over the decades it's like that that yeah. map that everyone tries to like show people well they showed it and then like immediately the next day martin fletcher and like the other host was like we're really sorry like the the facts were dead wrong there was no state called palestine like we were totally wrong for showing that map I mean, that's just the, the that's just like the tip of the iceberg of, of the media cover up, you know, it's just it's shocking. But um, I wanted to wrap it up just because it's getting late. Check out your Matt DeHart interview to learn more about that whole story and also watch American Anthrax because this story isn't going away. Um, this guy's locked up and no one's talking about it. So I'm really happy that you followed up with that, Robbie. And then I wanted people to just um, watch the Empire Files. I really appreciate everyone's support. We've covered so many amazing things so far. The newest episode, of course, is what we're talking about, which is like the the media bias on Israel-Palestine. And then last week we had the refugee crisis, which is another, you know, hidden history of how all the refugees are like basically from the countries that the U.S. has destroyed the U.S. Yep. and its NATO partners. And like and then it, and then you have all this anti-immigrant hysteria from all these countries that like helped support these wars. And um, mm -hmm. it's just really, really crazy. And then, um, you know, we interviewed Noam Chomsky, Chris Hedges. Um, it's just really great. Chris Hedges actually calls out this kind of new atheist, like fundamentalism is what he calls it. He calls it like a new religious fundamentalist ideology. It's really great. So he, he eviscerates that line of thinking. And it just goes back and back. We talk about um, the prison industry, uh, a lot of good stuff and a lot of good stuff to come. So everyone go to Empire Files, subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Facebook and Twitter to get all the latest, the latest dish. Yeah. And I just wanted to, to, you know, give you a, uh, just some praise for Empire Files because it's, it's a completely different animal from breaking the set. It's basically, I mean, I, I would say you're almost just making like a, a documentary series, like a yeah. really impactful mini documentary series that's on weekly um, about a lot of the same stuff we talk about on this podcast, mm -hmm. a lot of the same stuff you talk about on Breaking the Set, but it's not a traditional news show um, by any measure. So, you know, um, I, I would check it out if you haven't checked it out already. 
Um, and uh, it has your music, which is really great and cinematic. Yeah, I, I got to make the theme song for it, and mm. um, I'm my music is featured throughout the show, and uh, I'm coming out with part two of a very heavy agenda um, in the middle of November, probably actually closer to the end of November, and uh, part three will probably come out in early December, and uh, it's on DVD right now. You can order it at a very heavy agenda.blogspot.com. Um, and you can also watch it on demand, uh, rent or buy it on demand um, on the same blog. Yeah, and, everyone uh, check it out. It. Everyone check it out and donate to MediaRoots.org. We're um, funded by Assad and we really want to get off this payroll. <laughs> it's just, you know, the, the country might collapse at any second. So we've really got to get those donations in to keep the website alive. So, yeah. Yeah, anyone who, <laughs> um, it, it, just, just so people out there listening, anyone who doesn't want the American government to overthrow um, various regimes are, are are being funded by those regimes. That's the only explanation. Yeah. Yep. Um, including us. Yeah, and stop getting intellectually bribed and, and morally, you know, just like moral bankruptcy. Just shout it from the rooftops that you don't want this insane militarism and hegemony in your name. And don't be embarrassed and don't be a coward and, and allow all these people to bully you online and, and whatnot and to not saying what you really think and stand up for humanity around the world and stand up for your brothers and sisters that are dying because of this government right now and every day because it's up to yeah. us it really is up to us to go on the streets and, and to force it to end um, and I just yeah. really hope to see that day come soon and, and you know if you're one of these people who are fixated on this completely bullshit idea that the Russian Empire and the American Empire are equally as destructive um, maybe and if you're American maybe you should you know leave some of that energy to the Russian people right. you know they're you know just like we're responsible here for reforming our own government and and fighting it they're responsible for that there right so I think that people need to remember that is that the Russian people are just as capable as we are people in mass um, can create energy and um, we live here in this country. And if you live in another country and you want to talk about the corruption of your own government, I completely endorse that. I'm completely on board of that. But if you do it to feed into a pro-American government, pro-American militarist perspective, I do not respect you. And I actually think you're creating a lot of damage. And I think you <laughs> need to stop. <laughs> because this fucking government needs to be stopped. It really right. does. Right. The healthy serial killer first needs to be made unhealthy and his serial killing ability needs to be taken away immediately. And that's I'll, really, I mean, it's really the only outcome we can hope for. And we'll end it at that. That was said perfectly. And let's stop serial yeah. killer America. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't, I mean, we, we need this, we need this country to not be a killer and to be healthy, I guess is a better way to say it. Because we want people to be, you know, happy and healthy here. But to be, not to be living under the umbrella of a serial killer. Right. Or even yeah. just a regular killer. Yeah, let's you know? free ourselves from the serial killer grasp on us all. And Robbie, I really want to do another episode coming up just about the elections because I have so much to say about how insane it is. But we'll definitely save that for the next podcast. Yeah, oh God, yeah, there's a lot of shit to say. My God. Um, I didn't even cool. watch SNL, but everyone's oh, tweeting dude. about it, Trump. I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, okay, cool. Well, really great talking to you and all. Um, everyone, thanks so much for listening and until next time. Thanks for listening, everybody.